It's that time, the Betting Predators podcast, where our main objective is hunting down the best bets for you. I'm your host, Sleepy J. You guys can find me on Twitter at SleepyJ underscore pregame. Joined here by the NBA fanatic, the NBA expert, Jay Smoove. You guys can find him on Twitter as well at Smoove underscore 702. And you can find us both on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. All right, Smoove, here we go. We got Atlanta. Uh, they come back. Crazy comeback for them. They get a 109-106 victory over Philly. And then the Clippers, uh, they hold on there late, get a nice little run there from all the players on the Clippers. They end up getting a win there, 119-111. Let's start with Atlanta. Now, that team was getting blown out. I had a ticket on them tonight, and I was just absolutely disgusted with how they were playing. And I turned the game off. I wanted nothing to do with it. I was all excited to go ahead and watch the Golden Knights. And uh, they, they shit the bed, too, so... I was just sitting here watching the uh, the Minnesota Twins game late. I was just disgusted. I turned the radio on, seeing Atlanta. I'm like, all right, they're within, you know, whatever. It's under 20. And then it was under 15. Then it was under 12. I'm like, this is crazy. Maybe they'll come back and cover for me. Maybe, maybe. Here they come. They kept, and, and, and Philly just, they didn't score. They didn't score. They were outscored in the second half. I think it was 69 to, like, 40 or something like that like philly just could not score uh in that fourth quarter to give up 40 points in the fourth quarter but i turned it off i didn't see the comeback happen i didn't want any part of it i watched the last minute of the game when atlanta went ahead and they closed it out what was the issue there with philadelphia and what was just what was working for atlanta uh yeah sleepy um we were on opposite sides of this one i had the sixers but the Sixers uh, looked just looked like they, you know, just expected Atlanta to, to you know, roll over and die and get ready for uh, get ready for game uh, six. You know, Atlanta uh, they put Lou Williams in around the uh, middle to end the towards of the third quarter, and you know, as soon as he stepped in the game, he was hot. Um, fourth quarter, I think he scored, you know, thirteen or fourteen points, and you know, once he got rolling, and they put Trey Young back in the game. You know, they just started attacking, you know, Seth Curry. I know he had a big night tonight. Uh, he ended up with 37, went over his three-point prop pretty easily. But, you know, just as many points as he scored, it felt like that's how many points he gave up, if not more, you know, between him trying to guard Lou Williams or Trey Young. And they even tried to hide him a little bit on, you know, even a bigger player that they don't feature that much in Danilo Gallinari. The Hawks just did a great job of hunting him out on the defensive end. And, you know, it just seemed like they scored every time and, you know, they lost their momentum. Um, Joel Embiid wasn't dominating, you know, Capella anymore and can't really count on, you know, Ben Simmons, you know, to score the ball. Um, you know, he doesn't really look to shoot, you know, and he really doesn't look to be aggressive unless the momentum's on their side and, or he's in transition, you know, and they get, didn't get anything out of Tobias Harris and, you know, that's a, a pretty good combination, you know, to blow a 26-point lead, you know, at uh, at home. You know what I think we should probably do in the next game, Smooth, and I don't know if you noticed this or not, but I think that this might be, you know, something that, that is going on with Embiid, you know, with his health, with his knee. Now, he started out on fire tonight, 17 points in the first quarter. Last game, I think he started out really hot. Maybe we go ahead and we look to a live player prop. And beat under in the second half. Like once, once halftime rolls um, around and he sits down, you know, maybe he just maybe he gets tight or, or something with his his game just kind of just goes downhill. And maybe a lot of that's just due to you know due to health. 
So maybe we go ahead and we just play him points under uh, at that particular time. I think that that's a wager we could consider and maybe even take in, uh, you know, the Hawks in the second half. Maybe that's another wager that, you know, that we can consider. I was really surprised Tobias Harris didn't show up tonight. Uh, he's a guy that's been, I think, arguably probably the 76 or second best player next to Embiid uh, throughout this entire playoffs. Curry stepped up, had a really big night scoring, but as you said, he was he was kind of the liability tonight uh, on defense. I'm not sure how you feel about Philly going into Atlanta, but here's my gut feeling. Atlanta's not losing at home. I think Atlanta beats them. I think the series is over in the next game. Philly has to be somewhat dejected. Are they the better team right now? Yeah, I mean, just go through and look at what happened in, in this entire series. Philly's outplaying them, but they just keep collapsing. Now, I don't think you can go into Atlanta with that mindset, feeling like, you know, what's going to go wrong here? And Atlanta's thinking everything's going right for them. And the fact that they're in this position right now, if you look at what they've done on, on defense throughout this entire series, in my opinion, Smooth, it's been ugly. Like, they, they just look lost. I don't believe Capella even should even be on the floor, um, you know, for half the possessions up and down the court. Like, Atlanta just looks lost. But I but I liked them a lot, you know, when they were at home in the, in the game before prior to, to yesterday. But I don't know, man. I, I, I really worry about Philadelphia right now. My gut feeling says that um, that they lose and they're out. And I think that Ben Simmons isn't going to last uh, throughout this offseason. I think that the, the Philly fans and everybody's just going to be saying, you got to get you got to get rid of this guy. Um, and I know you you think he's a, you know, a good basketball player and all that. But I just don't think maybe maybe he needs a change of scenery. I don't know. Maybe he needs another team to go to. But I could see bringing in somebody like maybe like Alonzo Ball might be a big help for them. But they got to get away from Ben Simmons. You trust the process. I don't know. How, and I'm a Philly guy. You know what I mean? I've been rooting for Philly for forever, um, you know, until Allen Iverson left. And then I kind of just lost lost touch with Philly overall. But now I don't even root for them because, to be honest with you, a lot of it has to do with Ben Simmons. Um, I just don't think he's a, he's a good fit with Embiid on the floor. So I know he has his games every now and again, but he should. You know, he, he's a professional basketball player. But my gut feeling, I don't want nothing to do with Philly in the next game. I think they get beat, and that's kind of what I'm thinking right now with Philadelphia. How are you feeling about that? Kind of a little bit of a disagreement. You know, just right now, just looking at the early lines on pregame, you know, the oddsmakers still open up Philly as a as a favorite at two. It's been bet up to two and a half already, minus 115. So you know, they still believe Philly is the better team. I think the Sixers still believe that they're the better team. They've had, you know, 15, 18 point uh, double digit leads the last two games. And it's just been, um, you know, it's just been their own their own doings to, you know, them losing the last two games, whether it's just thinking Atlanta's just going to roll over and play dead or, you know, they, you know, they're just not going to be able to come back, you know, from, you know, the deficit that they've built. It's more so of a shift in mindset thing for them. Um, but as far as, you know, Ben Simmons goes, you know, he. Never was really an elite scorer that a lot of guys expect him to, you know, you know, want him to be or, you know, want him to shoot threes, you know. But I did think that Doc Rivers did a good job this year of just, uh, you know, playing him to his strengths, um, you know. So that was a good thing that I've seen out of him this year. But also a bad thing is that, you know, as as dominant as Embiid is, um, especially throughout this series, 
Um, they tend to lean on him just a little bit too much. Um, it's kind of hard not to the way that he dominates. But another thing that probably, you know, hurt them the last couple of games is that, you know, when he's dominating or playing that well so early and so often that, you know, not, you know, too many other people um, on the floor with him, you know, getting a rhythm. So, you know, when that doesn't work and, you know, nobody else is established offensively or has the confidence, you know, or, you know, is in a good rhythm throughout the game, you know, it's kind of hard to, you know, to go go to somebody else or get somebody else involved, you know, when you've lost all momentum. So I think, you know, they could, you know, be a little bit more balanced, you know, encourage Simmons to, you know, to be used more as far as like attacking the basket, looking to score as well as pass, because he's going to get you seven, eight assists, you know, or, or more, and also seven, eight, you know, rebounds or more. But I just think he's being, you know, not not used enough as far as, you know, showing off his his uh, his offensive strengths that he has over his competition because I know it's a different opponent, you know, from the Hawks to the Wizards. But, you know, going back to that Wizards series, they just couldn't keep him out of the paint. You know, he is, you know, a 6'10", you know, point guard. And, you know, the Hawks don't really have somebody that can keep him out of the paint as well. But he just doesn't seem to be as aggressive uh, consistently in this series as he was in that Wizards series. So I do think that's one adjustment that the Sixers could make, you know, going into this game, uh, going into game six, is to, you know, not rely on Embiid as much as they do, even though he is as dominant, it's going to be hard. But, yeah, you just can't have a bunch of guys just standing around watching Embiid dominate because, you know, when you go cold, you know, nobody else is in rhythm and, uh, you know, your offense offense struggles. So um, that's just something I saw uh, the last couple of games, including tonight you know, that, you know, I probably expect, you know, an adjustment from Philly to make. If Philly could go ahead and just let Ben Simmons be Ben Simmons, I think he could be really good because, as you mentioned, if he can get him, if you can get him to the rim, there's nobody on that Atlanta team that could slow him down. But I think they're just in his head right now. And he's like, you know, I'm going to end up at the free throw line or I'm going to end up, you know, missing this shot. If he would just attack, and then you got Embiid down there. It's like they, Philly could absolutely crush Atlanta, you know, at the rim. I don't know for whatever reason, you know, Simmons just isn't—he's just not doing it. And I could understand maybe Tobias wants his shots and Curry wants his shots, but they could absolutely dominate. I mean, we saw Tobias Harris take what was it game? Maybe it was game two, or maybe it was even game one where Harris was the guy that was just attacking the rim and he got whatever he wanted. He, so I don't understand like what Philly's doing, you know, taking the ball, you know, out of his hands from being a scorer. And we've seen him in the past. I mean, go back and look through his stats. Like he was a double, double machine, triple, double, but maybe he, maybe doc is using him to play to his strengths, but he's not doing it, you know, where it's going to benefit the, you know, the offense, you know, with him scoring. Uh, because then it just puts another score on the floor, another guy that you have to worry about. And once you start worrying about him, you know, then he can go ahead and do his thing, you know, addition to basketball. So I don't know. I don't think he's long for Philadelphia. If they lose this series, which, again, I, I don't think they're going to win the next game, uh, I would I would be floored if he's in Philadelphia next year because I think a lot of the blame is going to come down on him um, that he's just not, you know, especially if he comes into this next game and he's missing free throws and he doesn't score a bunch of points, um, it's all going to come down on him. And it's not going to come down on Embiid because Embiid's out there 
playing his heart out. The guy more than likely probably shouldn't even be on the floor. Uh, if this was Steph Curry, uh, and I'm asking you this move, if this was Steph Curry and he was out there uh, with a torn knee, do you think he would be on the floor? Um, I think it's different for a guard to try to play through an injury like that because, you know, they play, you know, baseline to baseline and, you know, a lot more movement and, um, you know, have to cover a lot of more areas on the on the court, you know, than a big, you know, that can go, you know, uh, paint to paint and, you know, pretty much, um, you know, have somebody else feed them the ball. So I don't even, you know, somebody like, uh, you know, Steph was playing on a torn meniscus or trying to play on a torn meniscus. I don't think that they would be as effective, you know, as you see, uh, as you see in B being. My gut feeling just tells me that they're, that they're jeopardizing Embiid just to get through, you know, this particular season. And I don't know whose jobs are involved, but, um, and look, Embiid's out there doing his thing, but clearly, you know, come second half, he, he just doesn't look like, he doesn't look anything near what he, what he was playing like in the first half, at least the last couple of games. So I don't know, personally, I like Embiid. I think he's a, you know, he's a world-class talent. And he could take the 76ers if they can get some pieces around him. You know, he could probably take him to the finals and maybe win a title. But I just personally don't agree if the dude has a, you know, a torn knee that he should even be out there. Um, I don't think they're getting through New Jersey or they're getting through the Bucks, And I actually don't even think they're getting through Atlanta. I think I think the series is over and done with. But um, so that's our opinions on that. Uh, let's jump over to the Clippers. I don't know what's up with Kawhi. I saw the news today, something with his ACL. He's out. I don't know if he's out for the season. I don't know if he's out for the series. I don't know what exact injury Kawhi had. It was something with his knee. I didn't even bother to look into it. I was just like, this whole day is just insane. But uh, could, could you tell me what exactly went on with Kawhi and what's up with his knee and how long he might be out? Um, yeah, on that late third or fourth quarter, um, game four, he looked like he was – uh, making the play to the basket, and uh, Joe Ingles looked like he bumped him a little bit, and then his leg was just caught in a weird position, and his knee kind of buckled. And you know he played maybe for a minute or two after that, but then um, you know not too long after that he, he took himself out. And you know they talked to him after the game, and he said he said that he was all right, but you know obviously you know going through today and hearing the news, um, he's clearly not. And, you know, he was first, he was reported that he was going to be out just for, you know, tonight's game. Um, but then later on, you know, news came out that they're worried about, you know, it could be some, you know, uh, damage or injury to his uh, ACL. And, you know, it changed from being out just for, you know, tonight's game to uh, out indefinitely. So it doesn't really sound too promising that he'll be back, you know, anytime soon for this series or even, you know, maybe if the, you know, Clippers uh, advanced to the Western Conference Finals. There's no set timetable, you know, on when he could when he could be back. Um, he didn't even travel um, to the game tonight, so he's you know probably uh, either starting up you know a, a rehab process or letting the swelling go down or something. Um, they haven't said anything about surgery or anything like that. But normally, um, you know, we not we have an injury, you don't travel with the team. You know, those are you know, one of the two things that, you know, that player is, you know, left behind doing either uh, considering surgery options or, you know, the swelling is just uh, too much, you know, to, you know, to travel and, and move around and stuff like that. Yeah, and that's the injury that, that 
that kind of brings me back to Embiid. Is like, well, why why is Embiid playing with something that's torn up, and Kawhi not playing with something that's torn up? And I guess it could be you know two completely different injuries, but I think maybe you see Kawhi. Maybe he's like, you know what, throw caution to the wind, depending on who the matchup is. You know, if they do make the finals, maybe they they think that. You know, maybe Kyrie's not 100 if it's him, and maybe Harden's not. I mean, it's like, you know what? We, we can mess with these dudes. Um, and, you know, I'll deal with it in the offseason and get surgery if I need to. And, you know, hopefully I don't jeopardize my career. Who knows? You never know with some of these guys, you know, what they might do to go ahead and, uh, you know, get a title. So the Clippers come back. They get a 119-111 win. I haven't liked what I saw from Utah, but there was no way I was going to put my money on the Clippers tonight, you know, with Kawhi being out of that game. I thought maybe Paul George would go out and have a pretty good game, but I don't know, man. It was it was just one of those games I was like, I just want to stay away from. I'm glad I did. I'm guessing I probably would have bought into, you know, how, how important Kawhi's been and the fact that Utah was at home and maybe they would have just got things rolling. Um, that line shot all the way up to like six and a half. I don't know what I would have done. I probably would have ended up on the wrong side. I, I didn't see the Clippers going into you know, Utah tonight, especially after that particular news and getting a win. But we do know, Smooth, you know, when guys go down, especially in the NBA, you know, the team rallies and they circle around, they try to lift the team up. But I was worried it was more of a, you know, more of a blow to the Clippers than probably, you know, motivating them to go out and get a win tonight. I thought maybe they would just fold it up and, and be like, all right, you know, we're, we're not going anywhere. Our leader's down. So, now, I was actually really shocked at that at that outcome tonight. As I mentioned, the Clippers get a 119-111 win. What did you see in that game? Uh, I saw Utah with a little bit of a lead there, and then I saw the Clippers overtake them. But I didn't watch any of that game. I didn't even bother to turn it on because I was just – I was really upset about the Golden Knights game, to be honest with you. But I was like, you know what? I got Atlanta. I'm good. I don't want to see any more basketball tonight. Uh, it's been frustrating. So what did you see with that Clippers and Utah game? You know, both teams, you know, started out really hot from three, um, especially Utah. Um, you know, but they, you know, just they just couldn't separate, you know, from the Clippers. I know even without Kawhi, um, you already mentioned, you know, this early line, you know, opened up at, you know, Jazz minus two and a half. And, you know, I didn't have any, you know, any action in this game, but I kind of liked, you know, the Clippers before the Kawhi news. Um you know, kind of backed off of him, uh, backed off uh, considering playing that game, you know, once the news went out. But, you know, the the line, you know, shot up and closed all the way to, you know, eight and a half. And I just thought that was just a little bit too much uh, of an adjustment. And, you know, it just it also, you know, the uh, the public was all over, you know, Utah as well, you know, especially, you know, before the Kawhi news and definitely after the Kawhi news. Um, they got more than three-fourths of the ticket and the money. So the Clippers was kind of, you know, just, you know, playing with house money. Um, you know, it was about without their best player on the road in a sold-out <laughs> arena where they lost the first two games. And, you know, not a, uh, not a, people, not a lot of people expected them to play as well as they did, um, especially, uh, you know, Paul George. But, um, you know, he's had a, you know, a bad narrative. I think it's a pretty old narrative right now but you know he's playing not only played well this series but he's played well throughout these playoffs you know he might not have always you know shot the ball you know as efficient as everybody wants him to but then you know the way that Ty Lue is using him now you know he's more of an all-around player 
by, you know, getting, you know, his other teammates, you know, some easy shots, easy looks, you know, rebounding the basketball and, you know, making some defensive plays here and there. And, you know, when he does have it going like he does tonight and, you know, the last few games, um, you know, he's really, you know, he's living up to the name that he gave himself, a playoff P. And, you know, tonight, you know, he, he was he was unbelievable. It kind of kind of reminded me of, you know, watching, you know, Kevin Durant, you know, the night before. Those two, you know, put on some, you know, back-to-back historic performances, especially considering, you know, the circumstances both of their teams was in, you know, being injured and both on the road without one of your top players, when the Clippers case, you know, their best player in Kawhi. You know, he played a hell of a game, and, you know, the Clippers gave themselves a chance to, to close out the Jazz, you know, going back to L.A. And, um, you know, Quinn Snyder, you know, a couple games ago said that, you know, they had an adjustment, you know, when they, you know, saw Donovan Mitchell being blitzed um, to make them make him get rid of the ball. But, you know, without Mike Conley, um, they just haven't been able to execute, you know, their offense is what the way that they've, you know, been doing all season, you know, when he was on the floor. So I think Mitchell just has to do a little bit too much. Um, they're up against the Clipper team, even though without Kawhi, you know, they show they still have some, you know, some weapons that could put the ball in a bucket, you know, Reggie Jackson and Marcus Morris and, you know, some more of those role players had some amazing games tonight as well. So, you know, the Clippers, they just came together and took command of the series. You know, one of the things that you had mentioned before we actually jumped on the podcast was the fact that California went ahead and they lifted their COVID-19 restrictions. Now the Clippers get to go back home. And I think that they know that they have to win this game because they don't want to go back to Utah, you know, with a third game without Kawhi Leonard. But what do you make of this whole, you know, COVID-19 restriction, you know, being lifted and the fact that right now the rumors are saying that, you know, that the Clippers might actually have a very sizable crowd, uh, one that they haven't experienced all year long. You know, with that factor and then the fact that they actually won this game and now they probably believe, you know, hey, we can win right now without Kawhi. You know, how do you feel about the Clippers going into the next game and, and with, you know, maybe that crowd support? Yeah, I think it's something that definitely can uh, benefit them. Um, just, you know, watching their home games, you know, throughout this playoffs, they've been one of the teams that's been like less than 40% at capacity. But, you know, they are used to playing in front of, you know, sold out crowds, you know, the on, going on, on the road against Utah. Um, playing against, uh, playing in front of a sold out crowd that's against them there, and then also going back to the the Maverick series, playing against another sold out arena that's against them. So now they have the opportunity to play in front of their own home crowd. So it'll be interesting to see how many you know if they could sell it out because it's you know it is the Clippers and Staples Center instead of the Lakers. You know if it was the Lakers, you know I have no doubt that that place would be would be packed. But you know with the Clippers. Um, you know, they do have a fan, a fan base there, but I don't think it's as big as the Lakers. So it'll be interesting to see if they could, you know, sell out that crowd. And if they can, then I think that's, you know, a big, a big, uh, a big lift for them. You know, they have, you know, you know a lot of energy and emotion to draw from that crowd. Uh, if they could pack it out enough or even sell it out, that'd be even better. So, you know, they do have an opportunity for, you know, a big home court advantage, um, for game six. Don't worry, Smooth. If they can't sell that place out, they'll be giving the tickets away for free to go ahead and get that place packed. That's for damn sure. Uh, With that game out of the way, why don't we go ahead and talk a little bit about the game that's going to happen here tonight. Uh, We got the Bucs and we got the Nets. 
bucks right now uh, on FanDuel minus five and a half. Uh, I'm seeing on pregame.com in the game center. Uh, there are a line of minus sixes here uh, in favor of the bucks. Total right now right around 219, 219 and a half. Uh, we saw what happened last game. Smooth. KD went out, scored 49 points, and the Bucks collapsed. And I don't think that that was a good thing. But there's no way I'm probably going to end up betting the Nets. doesn't matter. I don't think you can give me, you know, plus eight points and I'll take the Nets. We saw Harden in the last game. He's not healthy. He's not right. Uh, but he's out there and he's gotten it out. I'm shocked that he played as many minutes as he did. Uh, KD was on the floor for the entire game. I think that's a negative for Brooklyn. Now, I know Giannis and I know Middleton played, you know, a lot of minutes. But, I mean, the Bucks have to like their chances to go ahead and get a win here and, you know, hope that, you know, Harden just – that he doesn't get right and that, you know, they could figure out some type of way to go ahead and slow down KD. My gut feeling says that the Bucks go into that game and they try to go ahead and double double KD because they can't let him just go out there and do it, you know, do what he did. Um, if that happens – and the Nets win this series tomorrow, Coach Bud's probably going to get fired. I don't think he'll last past the weekend um, if he allows that to happen again. There's just no way you can let somebody like Kevin Durant go out there and do that to your team. You just can't allow that to happen. So I'm not sure what the Bucks do. I have a feeling that they probably, you know, have to go out there and try to try to double KD and make Harden, you know, a guy who is, you know, pretty much on one leg. And the rest of the role players for, you know, for the Nets. And you're talking about guys like Green going out there scoring 27 points uh, to go out there and have to do even more. So I don't know what you think about this game. For me, it would be the Bucks or nothing. Uh, I just don't feel that there's any way that you can, uh, that the way that you can bet the Nets uh, in this particular game. And I do have a follow-up question for you, but I'll let you go ahead and talk a little bit about this. And then I'll throw uh, a pretty cool question at you and see what you think about that. So how are you feeling about that game? Yeah, I kind of uh, agree with you. I lean towards the Bucks again for uh, was this game six? Um, you know, I backed them as well for game five, and you know, tough loss to take. You know, with them being up, you know, double digits pretty much the whole game and having a fifteen or seventeen point lead, you know, late in that third quarter. Um, but you know, obviously they uh, ended up losing the game and losing the spread. But um, I would look to back them again here. You know. Open up at Bucks minus three and a half, um, you know. But the majority of the tickets, early tickets and money, is on the Nets. Um, but the line is, you know, has moved towards you know the Bucks at minus five and a half, and it's been been a good trend so far. With you know favorites, you know, getting less than fifty percent, are hitting about seventy per close to seventy percent right now. So I'll look to back the Bucks again, and you know they, you know, even though they lost that game, they did. Uh, put together another good offensive game of the first couple of games, uh, three games. You know, they struggled offensively, uh, managed to get game three as ugly as offense that looked as, as ugly as the offense looked in that one. But, you know, these last two games, you know, they had a little bit more balanced offense uh, with Giannis still, you know, um, getting 30 plus. But, you know, they finally got a good game out of out of uh, out of Drew Holiday. Um, they got a. Um, a productive game out of Middleton, not as efficient as he normally is, but then, you know, some shooters knock down some shots like Forbes and, and Connington. And with them going back home, I think you'll see uh, their role players continue to play well. Like you saw the, the Nets role players played well in, in Brooklyn. So, um, you know, I, I'll back uh, Milwaukee, um, you know, with the laying the five and a half here. 
Um, you know, it's, it's tough to lay because, you know, they did make some dumb, some dumb plays, you know, in that game. But, um, you know, I'm confident that they'll um, get this game and get this cover and force a game seven in Brooklyn. Yeah, it's, it is tough to go ahead and lay money, you know, on the Bucks. I mean, go back to game one, go back to game two where they were down, you know, 30, 50 points and then they blow, you know, blow this type of a lead. And then, you know, go back to that 86-83 game where, you know, they should have won that game a whole hell of a lot more comfortable than that. And, um, you know, they didn't. So it is tough to lay money with the Bucks. If you look at the series right now, the series price, you know, they have the Nets favorite at minus 240. That's just, in my opinion, that's just far too much. Um, here's another price, too. We'll swing back real quick to the Philly series. But uh, Atlanta right now, they're minus 162. Uh, that just came down. That was at minus 170 uh, just a few minutes ago. But they're favored to go ahead and win their series. And the Clippers right now, they're at minus 165. So uh, right now the odds makers are saying that it's the Hawks, Clippers, and the uh, and the Nets to go ahead and move on. Here's my question for you, you know, in regards to, you know, the Bucks. Let's just say the game's a blowout. Let's say the Bucks come out there and they, and they figure out and they, they do the whole, you know, let's double KD and not let him go off for 49 points or whatever. And maybe Harden's not right, and they get they they find themselves down, you know, a considerable amount. Do you think that there's any possibility that they just take Harden out of the game and say, you know what, let's just get this back to, let's get this back to Brooklyn, and maybe they don't even put KD out there because KD was out there for 48 minutes. Do you think there's a possibility that, you know, this game, if it is a blowout, that it actually stays a blowout this time? and that the Nets just go ahead and decide to go ahead and pack it in and just take care of business maybe in Game 7 at home? Yeah, I think so. But I think that has a lot to do with uh, Milwaukee. Um, if they're able to get up, you know, by 15 points or more again, then, you know, they I think they would have to extend that lead to, you know, 20, 25, 30 to, you know, just, you know, leave no doubt, you know, that this game is wrapped up. And, you know, that would force, you know, Brooklyn, you know, to pull – uh, to pull Harden or to pull um, KD out the game. But, you know, if it's a situation again, like, you know, game five to where, you know, they're hovering around, a you know, a 15 or 18 point lead and Brooklyn's able to knock down a, a couple threes or go on a 6-0 or 9-0 run, then, you know, a similar situation, you know, could happen again where they, you know, just give up that lead. But I think it would have to do a lot more with, you know, Milwaukee, you know, getting up big again and, and staying up big, you know, for uh, Brooklyn, you know, to do that as far as like pulling, you know, Katie and, and Harden just getting ready for a game seven back in Brooklyn. I do worry about the mindset of the of the Bucks going into this next game, though. The fact that, they, you know, that they could have had, I guess you could say, like a pretty good commanding lead here, at least going into this next game. And then you know that you know that Harden's not 100%. You know Kyrie's off the floor. And the fact that they just let that one slip away and KD did what KD did, like they have to worry that it's just it's, – it's, something's not right. I don't know. I don't know. I, I just – I wonder about their mindset more than I worry about the Nets because the fact that the Nets got through that game and came back the way that they did and now they have Harden on the floor – if they can get through this series, then they know they're probably going to end up with Kyrie. And it's like, all right, everything that looked really bad is starting to look pretty good. And even if they lose the game tomorrow, I still feel like the Nets 
you know, still feel pretty good about their chances. Why don't we go ahead and swing back to Harden real quick before we can go to wrap up the pod. I'm not exactly sure what you thought about Harden, but I'll give you my two cents on him. Um, he's not right, but the fact that he went out there and played that many minutes without taking himself off the court or injuring himself uh, has to be, you know, a positive in your eyes. Um, but he didn't have any explosion. He looked like a liability on defense. Uh, he looked like his shot was, you know, nowhere near, you know, what James Harden normally can do. Um, so I don't know how you feel about Harden going into the next game, but I feel like he'll be a little bit better. Um, the fact that he went out there, he tested himself, um, and he kind of probably knows what he can and can't do right now. And the fact that he probably had a day's practice, you know, he'll have some shoot around, um, that he'll actually be a little bit more of a threat on the offensive end. And I do worry that the Bucks might actually leave him alone to go try to double KD and that there's a decent chance that, you know, Harden could go out there and actually help his team, um, instead of just being a distraction or, you know, a guy that turns the ball over because he did have some some careless turnovers and some um, boneheaded plays that I believe it were it was you know due to the injury. But you know, what did you see from Harden, and what are your you know what are your expectations for him going into this next game? Um, not a whole lot, but I wouldn't be surprised if he played better. He obviously didn't shoot the ball well, but just the mere fact that. He was able to be out there for, what, 40-plus minutes. I think it was 46 minutes or so, um, you know, gutting it out. Um, it just tells me a couple of things that you can play through uh, whatever pain he's dealing with and more so on Milwaukee's end. Maybe they're just not the type of team that seeks out, like, uh, mismatches like that, like, you know, some of these other teams do. And, you know, they just continue to play their style of basketball. Um, but they didn't really try to make him play as much defense as he, you know, as he did. So that allowed him to be out there a little, you know, more than, uh, you know, 46 minutes or so too. But I wouldn't necessarily think that it would be a, a smart decision for them to double off of Harden because, you know, he's he's still James Harden, you know, and he, that he and I think that if he does get some of those same, you know, looks from three, you know, he'll, you know, knock a few of those down, you know, he did get in the paint a little bit, you know, got got a runner up. Um, it didn't go down or anything like that. But so he's able to, you know, move a little bit. So I wouldn't try to give him any type of, you know, angles to the rim or any type of, you know, confidence to get a shot up. So um, I just think that, you know, if he is able to, you know, if they're able to, you know, go into the a game, go into the game with that type of plan and he's able to see a few shots go down, you know, that's, something that could, you know, get his adrenaline going or something like that and, um, you know, play a lot better as far as knocking down some shots, you know, that he wasn't able to do, um, you know, last game. So um, I think, you know, Milwaukee, as far as, you know, um, they did an okay job of, you know, not giving him any type of, you know, extra confidence or any type of, uh, you know, good looks at the basket. But, you know, I think they have to, you know, try to exploit him a little bit more, you know, on the defensive end, you know, try to make him move around a little bit more, um, you know, than he did um, last game. But uh, I definitely wouldn't, you know, um, try to give him any clean looks at the basket because, you know, it, it, it is still James Harden. So he, he can knock down some shots as, as long as he, uh, you know, uh, takes enough of them. I mean, he looked like, he looked like he had no business even being on the floor on defense. I mean, he was basically just moving out of the way 
and letting guys just go to the basket and, you know, get free layups and dunks and stuff like that. So um, I'm sure it'll be interesting if, you know, to watch the tape. But, um, yeah, if the Bucks don't win this series, I, I honestly – I'll make two predictions. I'll actually make three. If the Bucks lose this series, Coach Bud's gone by the weekend. And if Philadelphia loses this series, I think that Ben Simmons will be gone next year. But I also think that Atlanta, that they're trying to play this finesse type of basketball with Philly early. I think this is going to, I think that game in Atlanta is going to be really chippy. And I think Atlanta is going to go in there and they're going to try to play really physical with Philly so they don't jump out to a big lead uh, because Philadelphia has been buzzsawing them, you know, early in games. And it's been, you know, you're hoping, praying for a collapse. But look for that Atlanta Philly series to be really chippy in Atlanta to go. And, uh, and be really physical uh, in this game because I don't think there's any way they can go into that one trying to play this finesse type of basketball uh, against the Sixers. But uh, good talk there. Smooth. We went ahead covered uh, a little bit of the recap, and then we talked a little bit about the Nets and Bucks. So uh, that'll be interesting. We'll see if all of our, uh, all of our crazy thoughts come true. Uh, but with that said, you guys know where to find me on Twitter, SleepyJ underscore pregame. You know where to get smooth at smooth underscore 702 and you know where to find us both on the best sports betting information site on the web pregame.com with that said i'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck on your thursday enjoy the games <laughs>